Thank you for tuning in to the Marketing Automation Discussion. As always, I'm your grateful host, Alex Glenn. Today, we aim to give hiring teams and recruiters some valuable content in the form of a two-part episode. Part one, coming up here in a moment, features Ryan Leary, the CMO of Recruiting Daily, and Mr. Alan Walker, the founder and CEO of Utter, which helps companies enable talent technologies in their hiring processes. Between Alan and Ryan, we have the brains and experience we need to tee up this episode on what's working, what's not working, and what's changing in the world of recruitment. Following this, continue listening to the episode where I talk to Stephen Liu, the founder of Interseller, the platform helping sales and recruitment teams get in touch with anyone via email. Interseller specializes in recruitment outreach and Stephen's knowledge of data and cold outreach, particularly to personal emails, is unmatched in my opinion. Without further delay, let's start by hearing Ryan Leary discuss what's happening in the world of tech enablement and recruitment. Without further delay, let's start by hearing Ryan Leary discuss what's happening in the world of tech enabled recruitment. Well, Ryan, thank you for joining us today. So we've got a really good discussion around the state of the union, so to speak, with recruitment automation. So we have some slides that we put together for this podcast. So if you're just listening, definitely head to the site and check out the video that correlates with this podcast, because that'll have some cool visuals and some stuff that you'll need later on in this episode when we dive into the actual recruitment automation. But Ryan Leary, the CMO of Recruiting Daily, is joining us now to talk about what is going on with recruitment and uh, some exciting things, some good things, some bad things, and anything that he's seen, given that he has his fingers on the pulse, so to speak, with where he's at and his position with Recruiting Daily. He hears a lot, sees a lot, and deals with these companies on a day-to-day basis. So we're thankful to have Ryan Leary on with us. Ryan, why don't you say hello and just give a quick introduction? Yeah, sure. So uh, Ryan Leary here from Recruiting Daily, uh, CMO. And uh, so I, I work with our clients here at Recruiting Daily on helping them build automation, marketing, and lead generation programs uh, for their solutions. That could be on the on the vendor side, or it could also be on the practitioner side where we work with companies to help build recruiting process, automations, marketing programs that are designed to help draw in and attract talent into their organization. Everyone listening, that's why I asked Ryan to be on with us today because he's at the forefront of all of this. He's the one that uh, a lot of companies and uh, recruiters uh, get in touch with when they have questions about automated processes, uh, what's working, what's new, what's exciting. So Ryan, where do you see automation and automated processes progressing in the near future? It's a great question. I think where we're going to see automation really have an impact, especially in the next couple of years, just call it 2020. I think where we're going to see a big impact is where technology is going to now step in and begin to verify and validate skill sets of candidates. And let me explain that a little further. So we all know about the skills gap. There's a huge skills gap in the marketplace today, no doubt about it. As we go into 2019, it's only going to widen. 2020, I don't see that changing. So I think where where tech's going to, to step in and help to present a, pro, a, a solution for that problem is actually verifying, validating skill sets 
of an individual as opposed to work experience that a generalist recruiter would, you know, by looking at a resume, for example. So I think that's where technology is going to take us from a recruiting perspective in in identifying and then pushing qualified talent through the funnel, more skills-based, less work experience. Awesome. Yeah. And you just touched on a good point. So when we talk about automation, especially in recruiting, we're not just talking about messaging. We're not just talking about outreach. Although this specific automation that we're going to end the show with is all about the actual outreach and putting new recruits into your funnel, into your ATS. But automation with regards to recruitment, 90% of it is on dealing with the resumes and on filtering, really. Um, That's what a lot of the plays a lot of the software plays are these days. They're all coming out with AI or a machine learning based filtering system to help recruiters and and HR managers deal with the hundreds and thousands of resumes that they have to deal with, especially with the jobs that have high turnover, especially with the jobs where you're trying to fill nationwide sales positions, cashiers, these types of things. Are there any tools that you've seen that you can say are doing it right or really helping the recruiters or teams that you work with? It's, It's an interesting question. There's a lot of the older players have really stepped up, you know, but, but when I look at where innovation is coming from, I see it coming from a couple of key areas. One is certainly outside the market, uh, outside of recruiting, or let me rephrase that marketing tools, sales tools coming into recruiting and using what they've been using for the last decade online and molding that or morphing that into uh, a recruitment solution. For example, HubSpot, which we're all familiar with, there's a million ways to use HubSpot within recruitment. And people are today, not a recruiting product, but they're baked into a lot of recruiting process because of their automation. And it's not really difficult for them to then evolve and adjust that into a recruiting solution. Um, then you got some of these other tools out there, uh, like a clinch or a hiring solved, engaged talent. I mean, there's a ton of them. They have really done well from the sourcing perspective that now they understand that these other tools in marketing, these other tools in sales have the chops to do what we need them to do from a recruiting perspective. And so they're adopting the process and the ability of those tools into their recruiting solution. And so I think sooner rather than later, you're going to see a handful of tools on the market that are really uh, capturing that. I mean, you got tools like uh, like a Beamery, for example. Fantastic. They do a really good job at a lot of these things. And you've got uh, like Lever with Lever Nurture, and then you've got Greenhouse. So all of these tools that we look at as traditional ATSs or traditional you know, marketing program or traditional sourcing tool, if they don't have these other modules, these, these other systems attached, it's just not going to work. And I think we're seeing that now, especially with uh, some of the larger players uh, baking that into the system. You just teed up the next part of the discussion pretty nicely because where I was headed with this is where people like me get involved in recruiting is in the brain bringing of tools and tactics that were meant for growth marketing, for marketing in general, for sales in general, and bringing those to recruitment. And back when I started down this path of learning about how I can help recruiters and HR managers with what I know about growth marketing and automation, it was pretty clear to me back then, this was a couple of years ago, that the tools that were built for recruitment were not as progressive as the tools that were built for growth marketing and sales. If you look at just the foundation of what growth hacking is or growth marketing is, right, it's 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 working across various funnels, you know, funnel marketing, product marketing, developing segments, sales segment, marketing segments. It's the exact same thing inside of recruitment, right? This is a rocket science. And we're talking about candidate segments and skill sets and location and you know work history and things like that. And there's nothing different 
between what we're doing inside of recruitment marketing as opposed to what we would, you know, in air quotes here saying growth hacking or sales, you know, sales automation. Now, copy differs, you know, the, the story, the narrative changes a bit, the way you approach a candidate is going to be different. But when you peel it, when you peel that all back, it's the same thing, at least in my opinion, for all the companies we work with here, you know, these, these large enterprises, even, even mid-sized companies, they're doing this and they're not doing it from a position of power from a recruiting tool. They're doing it from marketing tools. They're doing it from HubSpot. They're doing it from Marketo, and they're doing it from Infusionsoft. And and then they're bolting on a sourcing tool. And at some point, the sourcing tools will catch up. All right. I hope you're enjoying this discussion with Ryan. We are going to interrupt it very quickly for about 15 minutes because I have a special guest from the United Kingdom joining us is Mr. Alan Walker, CEO and founder of Utter and the editor-in-chief of Chat Talent. Alan is an expert in recruitment technology. So we're going to ask him a few questions. It'll be about 12 to 15 minutes in total. And then we're going to get right back into Ryan's discussion. Thank you again, Alan, for lending us some time. The first question I'd like you to answer is what are the biggest changes you've experienced in the world of recruiting as of late? Having worked in recruitment now for over 15 years, I've experienced a fair few changes as things have evolved. I wasn't quite around for the the first wave of job boards, but certainly as they've scaled up and um, increased in their complexity and what they can deliver, their effectiveness um, in the early to mid-2000s, I was very much there when that happened. Um, we also saw LinkedIn gain prominence relatively early in my recruitment career, but then that went from strength to strength clearly um social media generally is a as a place to source hire engage with candidates and now we're kind of coming on to the kind of second wave of um generational technology and process change and seeing that organizations small and large are able to leverage technology to have a much faster track to candidates and get in front of candidates in a much easier way than they were ever able to before without necessarily using external recruitment partners or um, other providers of, of recruitment type services. They're able to go from the point of saying, I want to hire somebody to actually getting access to candidates that it was impossible 14 or 15 years ago. And those are just some of the basic things, of course, um, with the advent of um, super powerful assessment technology, able to measure characteristics um, to a degree that it's probably impossible almost for a human to do or without some certainly fairly heavy processes in place and and still not necessarily in a very objective way through things like gamified technology and video and voice analysis and, and that type of thing that in theory done properly can um, enable us to be far more objective and fair with the recruitment process We've got some super smart sourcing technology that's out there now that can scurry across millions and millions of candidate records from dozens of different sources and pull forward for a recruiter or a hiring manager and candidates that are a close fit to the, the brief they need in, in minutes rather than hours, days or weeks. 
Um, we've got onboarding technology that can make that that experience from somebody accepting an offer and say, yeah, I'm joining you, to actually joining the organisation that much more slick, fluid, engaging, ensuring that the individual kind of hits the ground running and, and starts with a little bit of fire in their belly from, from day one. And the kind of a list is endless, really. The change that's happened over the, the last four or five years and is certainly coming down, down the line um, AI, machine learning, and um, the buzzwords that everybody is banding around at the moment. Um, some of it, some of it for real, some of it not so. Some of it just marketing lingo. Uh, but this stuff is supercharging technology and enabling us to do stuff that was just impossible ten years ago. Wonderful answer, and I'll get right into the second question. Do you believe recruiters should embrace automated processes to better candidate experience? In terms of whether recruiters should embrace or push back against automating processes, um, I think absolutely they need to embrace it. This this stuff's happening. It's coming down the line. Um, recruiters shouldn't be fighting it. They should be looking at where it can add value to their existing processes. Um, automation should all be, be about delivering better results. Um, it shouldn't just be about saving money and doing things quicker. There's no point making a, a crappy process faster. It just means you deliver a crappy process in a, in a much shorter space of time. It should be used to amplify um, a process, improve it for everybody involved, not just candidate experience, but hiring manager experience, um, your colleague's experience, recruiter experience as well. Um, automation for me is, is best used where it does the stuff that humans aren't good at. Um, or humans don't necessarily need much of their brain power to do, but it takes up a lot of their time. Things like scheduling interviews, for example, um, such, a, such a laborious process still, and something that takes people away from the day-to-day activity of sourcing candidates, engaging with candidates, delivering a good candidate experience, um, encouraging them to join their organisation, spending time with their hiring managers, knowing, getting to know the business and understanding their needs, wants, desires, etc. Things like interview scheduling just take away from that. Um, sourcing candidates at scale, um, that's something that technology can certainly help with, certainly in markets where we're reasonably rich for talent and there's not a huge shortage. Technology can really fast track that um, that desire to hire through to developing at least a, a kind of long list and then narrowing that down. But it can go further. Um, if you've got a long list of candidates, technology can help you assess those candidates and understand which are the best fit for your organisation, who've got the right skills. Um, it's really, really important for me that recruiters understand this embrace it but also understand where their value comes in recruiters are human beings recruiters are great at building relationships with other human beings um they should be spending their time doing that conversations learning engaging tweaking refining the recruitment process tweaking refining the automation um that technology is doing for them and making sure it delivers that best possible experience for everybody involved using their brain for creative stuff and relationship building stuff is where a recruiter best sits. Um, spending time doing monotonous admin, um, pushing people around a piece of tech or a spreadsheet even is still happening in some organisations, isn't a good use of a recruiter's time. Engaging with other human beings and being creative is. All right, fantastic, Alan. And the last question before we let you go, what do you believe will be the biggest change in recruitment processes in the next three years? 
terms of the the biggest change in the recruitment processes in the next three years, um, it's very controversial, but I, I don't think we're necessarily going to see any huge, massive, fundamental shifts in the recruitment process per se. I think it's more about how it's delivered and um, how technology will enable a recruiter to step back from some of the process and concentrate on the bit where they, they add the most value. I think we'll see more and more things like chatbots at the front end of a recruitment process, engaging with candidates and um, helping those candidates understand more about an organisation and the opportunities that exist in an organisation. But they're going to get smarter. They're then going to help um, an organisation and an individual understand whether they're a good fit for that, that role, that team, that location, and ultimately that business. And that will help the recruiter, because the recruiter, instead of having to deal with hundreds of candidates, might be dealing with a handful of pre-vetted, pre-qualified candidates that are A, interested, and B, would appear to be at least a, a, a really good fit for that particular organisation. And then as we go further in, I think there'll be more automation of... Um, of assessment after that pre-qualification piece and we've decided a candidate might be a good fit I think more and more technology will be used there to understand some nuances around kind of skills and behaviors and um, and cultural fit um, but not taking away from um, a recruiter's role in that either and then further down the line this whole the whole onboarding piece um, it's a it's a real big drive at the moment within organizations but there's still a lot more to do around that space. So actually making sure that the experience a candidate goes through once they've accepted an offer, through to them joining, and perhaps even six to nine months in, I think recruitment will take will play more of a role in that, and recruitment teams will see that it's in their interest to play more of a role in that. And um, an onboarding technology helped shape, powered by the recruitment team in partnership with HR can really help with that piece. Um Sourcing tech is getting smarter and smarter every day. Um, I think there's a risk in terms of how some of the sourcing tech that teams are using at the moment um, might lose its effectiveness in the future. Um, there's talk of LinkedIn kind of putting up the putting up walls around their data and making it harder for third-party um, technology to um, query the LinkedIn database and get access to LinkedIn profiles and therefore serve up candidates to, to their clients at the other end. Um, I think we're going to see more and more organisations creating their own pools of talent and um, and using talent pipelining technology, um, talent engagement technology, talent community technology to really start to deliver a great experience to all potential candidates, whether they're going to be a hire in the next month or six months or 12 months, delivering that really personalised experience that people want so they can learn about the organisation and they can warm them up and actually enable a recruiter to then say, okay, well, clearly this guy, this girl is keen to work for us. They're engaging with our content. They're looking at our social posts. They're reading our emails. They're checking out our career site. That person's kind of ready to be hired. Um, I think we're going to get better at the planning piece, um, actually getting ahead of the curve and stop being such a reactive function and um, understanding what it is we need to hire um, over the next 3, 6, 12 months and getting way ahead of that um, is something we're going to get much better at. Um, marketing, um, delivering a much more personalised recruitment marketing experience that hits the right candidates in the right places um, to ensure there's maximum efficiency in terms of how a recruitment budget is used um 
the list isn't endless because actually on the outside, candidates might not necessarily experience much of this. But in terms of these little micro changes, if you add all those up, it's it will feel significant to a recruitment team. But actually, a lot of their stakeholders around it will see the benefits from a um, better candidates being delivered, um, a speeding up of the process, um, and candidates will also feel the benefit of more personalised content, um, more transparency perhaps as well, and also they'll clearly see the benefit of a process moving more quickly. Thank you for answering those questions, Alan. We appreciate it, and as always, it's been very insightful. We hope to have you on again soon. And now, back to Mr. Ryan Leary to finish our discussion. You know, when I think of one of the tools that, I mean, historically has just been fantastic and, and doing great things, Clinch, you know, they, they have the ability to do what a lot of marketing tools do. When you're building career sites, when you're heat mapping, when you're finding where in the page people are hovering and clicking and where the goals are, where they're completing and not completing, and updating your career site to match that, to change your conversions. The same happens with some of these tools with um, on job descriptions, right? You know, being able to dynamically update a job description because people don't really care about the about us or the corporate responsibility portion of your job description. And so it slides down to the bottom because it's just not as relevant. Right. And, and these, so these are the things that some of these tools are working on that they exist today in, in, in outside in tools outside the industry. But it's the same thing. In, in my opinion, I, I don't think it's much different at all. Yeah, and uh, you touched on a few things there, but the main premise of this discussion is ways recruiters can think about automation and ways that recruiters can approach automation and some of the best practices, some of the tools and tips that marketers like Ryan and I deploy for other aspects of marketing, other types of lead generation and lead nurturing and other types of ICP and and user persona categorization. And you mentioned machine learning and on-page changes, some of those really cool things that are going on. E-commerce is a really good vertical to talk about because the money for these tools is really in e-commerce and recruitment can take a bunch of pages out of the books of those SaaS tools that are built to help e-commerce companies uh, because they build them specific to e-commerce to gain that market share because there's so much money there and uh, open up their minds a little bit to what could be with regards to automated recruiting. There's a tool, I don't even know how to say it, I think it's called Unboxed. It's a, it's it's something that, that I've used in the past and and we we speak with some we we speak with the product people there uh, sometimes on exactly what they're doing. It's an e-commerce tool, right? But it's about personalization. It's personalizing that person's experience when they're on your site. Shopify does a fantastic job of this, right? I mean, these are even Wix. Wix does it if you set it up right. Does a great great job of this where it personalizes that experience for the person on the website and provides them with everything they need. They don't have to go and search for it. As this begins to mature in recruitment, we're going to start seeing that. We're starting to see that now, um, but I, I, I think this still has some time to go. Okay, and then we'll go into just a, a quick recap of what we're talking about. So if you can put yourselves in the situation where you have a new passive recruit that you need to go after. Now, we're not going to talk too much about the low-level jobs, the jobs that you're constantly recruiting for. We're talking about the very difficult jobs, the passive employed candidates. And when you look at it like that, what growth marketers, uh, what we do is we consider that a an ICP, right? Your ideal customer person. This is a person that you have to develop a campaign around. And that campaign has to be with the consideration that that person is not actively looking 
to quote unquote buy, in this case, apply or get into your interview process. This is a passive candidate. So the first step for us is to develop that ICP to consider not just who they are, not just where they are, but what, what do they like to do? What, what social sites are they active on? What groups are they involved in, right? Are they in meetups? Are they in certain LinkedIn groups? Where are they? Once we've got this ICP developed and we've got all the persona components in place, then what we do is we go about data enrichment. So then we start to look at where can we find this person's contact information. So there's lots of sources for contact information. There's lots of providers. So we look for ideally personal contact information, those personal email addresses. And if you're in the US, this is completely okay you can go ahead and reach out to these people and you can put them through a nurturing process. And you don't just want to reach out to them over email, but you reach out to them over the social sites and you put them through a nice, well-timed, well-copywritten sequence. And then you can also nurture them with some company information. If you are internal at that organization or you do have the ability and the budget to actually retarget these people with some advertisements, but they're content-based advertisements, maybe they're videos about what's going on in the company, maybe some PR about how the company's doing some social good, or maybe they just raised some money. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you refurnished your office, who knows? But you can put them through what we call lead nurturing. And by the time you actually get on the phone with this person, they've seen your face, they've read your messages, they understand what's going on, and they're warmed up to the idea of working at that organization. And you've done all this in an automated process, not manually doing this, but having this go on in the background so that you can focus on the calls and you can focus on the interviews that you need to do. In that world, we're looking at SaaS, we're looking at providers of data, and we're looking at content, and we're looking at putting all of that into this automated process. So we talked to Interseller right after this about that specific process. But Ryan, uh, before I let you go, I want to talk real quickly about what you believe organizations can do to best utilize automation for passive candidates. What can we do to automate top of the funnel to get them into our recruitment process or our ATS? I think you, you told a good story when you just went through the entire process there. Uh, I would almost verbatim repeat that to get you to a good answer here, because that's exactly what we sell into uh, the recruitment world. That's what we're trying to move a lot of our clients into, uh, a process where they're identifying what you're referring to, the ICP, identifying their persona, their top candidate persona, TCP, same same idea. We just took it right from marketing, right? It's where we all come from. And identifying truly what that persona of the person is and then identifying social platforms, uh, locations where they are online, uh, activities that they may be uh, taking part in and reaching out to them on their channel at the right time with the right message. There's a lot of tools that will help you do that. In recruitment, there's you know, specific, there's there's a, a few tools that are out there. One in particular that I'm a huge fan of, and we, we don't work with these guys, so it's, you know, there there is no, just so everybody knows, full transparency, we do not work with job addicts. Uh, but I love what they're doing is programmatic advertising. They took programmatic advertising from our world and brought it into recruitment. And so they're able to take your job description, your company, and properly place it, programmatically place it in front of the candidate at the right time, be it on LinkedIn, a job or wherever. They're putting it there at the right time based off a number of activities. It's real time. It's, it's, it's just it's really a solid platform. There's an age-old debate where oh, are job boards valuable enough? I don't think they're the thing in the future, but they're not awful. People look for jobs; they go to job boards, right? It's they're not dinosaurs. 
as long as they evolve and something like this allows you to manage that process so like I, I think there's a there's plenty of tools out there in the marketplace like that uh, that do great things. The the goal is to make that initial touch point, bring that bring that potential candidate back into your ecosystem, give them the messaging, right? Share share about who you are, what you're doing. Um, you know, like you said, the corporate responsibility. Why why should they consider you? You know, walk them through that nurture process, and at some point in time. Just like if you compare this to a sales process, when they're ready, when they're, you know, in air quotes here, lead score is high enough from a sales perspective, you give them a call. When the candidate has done, you know, a number of activities, maybe they're on your career site and they've seen your career site four times. They didn't apply to a job. They've seen your career site four times. They've watched the video for 45 seconds. And, you know, hey, maybe that's maybe that's a trigger to say, we have this person's information in our system. We think they deserve a conversation. Let's go back and see what job descriptions they looked at. They were on three different types of engineering roles. They watched uh, our, engineering, our engineering department video. Let's give them a call. Let's just have a candid conversation and see what's going on. It happens all the time on a lot of the sites that I'm on. In fact, I was just on um, Interseller's site. I think it was Interseller, and 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 I and I, I think it was maybe it wasn't. And uh, one of their chat things popped up because it recognized me, right? I mean, it's just we're we've come to expect that. Six months ago, I hated chatting with a bot online. I don't love it today, but if it gets me to the right information and I don't have to talk to somebody, I'm okay with that. There are skeptics out there. There are traditionalists out there. There are people that say personal touch is always going to win. And in your opinion, with regards to recruitment automation, with regards to applying this level of targeting, especially cold targeting, specific to passive candidates, what would you say to those skeptics out there, those people that are in the boat of, you know what, I'm just going to do it my way. I'm going to pick up the phone every morning. I'm going to call down this list of people that I want to interview. And that's the way I'm going to continue to do it. What would you say to people like that? More power to them. I'm okay with that. I, I don't think that's a bad idea as long as it's in, in you know, and look, times have changed, right? In, in 2000, 2001 and two and three, that worked, right? You had to make your dials and you had to get through to people, but times are different. Time, times are really different now. And you can spend your time online sourcing and trying to identify 50 people to potentially have some conversations, or you can support that process by technology. I don't think you should simply abandon the phone. I'm a huge fan of personalizing the experience, but if you're not personalizing the experience where your potential candidates are, then you lost the game anyway. You know, and look, it's texting is, is, you know, there's entire companies built off of texting platforms that didn't exist a couple of years ago because it wasn't comfortable. I'm not going to say I'd love to get random text messages on my phone, but I've been more receptive to them over the last half a year, frankly, because I don't know what the heck I've signed up for. And it, usually if I had, gave out my number, I, it's something I wanted at some point, right? So I'm totally okay with somebody sticking to the old school and doing what they do. I don't think they last in the, in the grand scheme of things unless they're supported by a technology. I just don't think it's, it's doable at this point.
And I agree. I mean, I think you go with what works. You go with what works for your specific role in that specific category, that specific vertical, whatever you're doing, you know, you go with what works. But on the flip side, and this is whether you're a skeptic or not, I'm going to highlight an email that I've gotten a few times and I keep these emails. I haven't blocked them yet because they get more and more interesting. But there's a recruiting company and I'm going to put them on blast because this is just bad play. They've sent me so many emails. It's called Artech, A-R-T-E-C-H Information System. LLC. They're in New Jersey. And I've gotten this email from the same person. And this is automation at its worst. And this is what really eeks me because people like me, when I call myself a marketing automation expert, they believe that I am one of the people responsible for this type of behavior. And it's the opposite. When we talk about automation, I'll just say this real quick. We're talking about bettering customer experience. We're talking about getting good data and putting the right people through the right messaging sequence and the right experience from soup to nuts, from top of the funnel to post-sale, post-recruit, whatever you want to call it, uh, customizing that experience for that individual. That's what automation is. But I got this email from Artech Information Systems, and it's an email from this recruiter, and they first talk about that they're the number one largest women-owned IT uh, staffing company in the U.S. They talk about the job market, then they talk about a position that they're recruiting for. They are asking me to apply for this position. They say it's a general writer position. Uh, it's $25 an hour on W-2. It's a telecommune, remote if possible. And then they go on to say how great the company is that they're recruiting for, et cetera, et cetera. And if this was just one-off email, I would put that up to, I'm in some system somewhere and I, I'd push it aside. But this is probably the fifth email that I've gotten uh, from this company and then um, a couple others. This is just bad data. It's just poor automation. It's just not really considering your candidate persona, not really considering the data that you're sending these emails to. And what happens when you do stuff like this is I will block this email email. I'll commit them to spam. It will tarnish their domain. It's going to tarnish their brand right off the bat. And it is a waste of time, a waste of energy and a waste of brand in, in general. So it's a situation where it's becoming a scenario where automation has to happen with the respect that we're about to showcase here on the later half of this episode. But if you are doing any sort of recruitment, you have to take the time and do it right to create a system that puts each candidate through a custom workflow and make sure that their experience with your brand is right for them. But anyways, anything you want to say along the lines of poor candidate experience automation? Like in, in terms of candidate experience, I mean, sure, that's incredibly important, right? You, you, you don't get many opportunities and especially in a market where skill gaps are existing the way they are today, especially in tech recruiting, you get a shot, you get one shot, you screw that up, you're in trouble. And at some point, you know, maybe you get through three, four, five, or six candidates that way. But at some point, that experience is going to filter out into the marketplace. And, you know, let's just take, you know, a small area where there's maybe five or six good companies in the commutable distance. If you, you give a bad experience to four or five software engineers at some point, word's going to get out. Right? They all go to meetups, they go have coffee, they go to events, local events, and they start talking. And all of a sudden, people don't come and take your company seriously. They don't look at your job descriptions. I mean, think of it when you go to Walmart or Target. How many people complain, or in Macy's or anywhere, people complain about service. And the first thing they do is they threaten, I'm going to go online, I'm going to review you bad. Companies, like, think of Best Buy. Well, they had 2,500 people a couple of years ago, 
in their social media department to manage all of the in, incoming and outgoing social channels and activity. Companies, large companies like this have entire departments that are 10, 15, and 20 times the size of regular small business just to manage the influx of the influx of complaints so that they can create a better experience or at least a facade of a better experience. So if you're not those companies and you can't afford that and not that they could afford it anyhow, you got to be careful. Yeah, you got to you got to give a really good experience. So, you know, blasting out emails, um, you know, randomly putting together templates or having somebody put together a template and sending that out to 20,000 people, not a good thing. But look, you can get hyper personal and hyper targeted in a volume-based email. You can send an email to 10,000 people and they'll never know the difference. As long as you're hyper targeted, like I can I just I hear it on the other side, people saying how do you get hyper-targeted with 10,000 people? Look, any CRM or automation tool worth its price is going to have these features. I mean, in its simplest form, if you have, and there's some manual work here, of course, let's just say you have, you know, I guess most of our probably call them merge fields. We call them custom fields. You have five or six different custom fields. One is for job title. Three of them are for skill sets. One of them is for location. And so as you're pulling these resumes in, whether it's manual or through some other automation, it's pulling out job title. It's pulling out three key skill sets. It's pulling out location. And now your email can be four lines. It doesn't have to be a book, right? It could be, you know, hey, Alex, Ryan here. I'm a recruiter with Best Buy. I was referred to speak with you regarding your background in A, B, and C. All of those fields, the A, B, and C, those are all in the custom fields. I can make an email three or four lines and send it to 10,000 people. And people are going to think that's hyper custom because you take the time through automation or tech or even manually and you fill in those custom fields. And then any template you have across the board can pull from any one of those custom fields. Easier said than done. I get that. But if you just think of doing it to one person, you can scale that. You can scale that with not much difficulty. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And if you're a company considering outsourcing recruiting or even just looking at this as a way to better your recruitment practices, I think the main takeaway there is think of this as a way to better optimize candidate experience. Make sure that each candidate is receiving the type of messaging, the LinkedIn connection request and the message that follows. Make sure all of that is in line with what that candidate should receive based on quality data and really good insights before you deploy any sort of recruitment practice. So when you're looking at recruiters, maybe Ryan, you can probably talk to this and then we'll end. But when you're talking to recruiters, what would you say to do to make sure that you are putting yourself in the safest position with regards to protecting your client's brand around automation? Here's what I would say to this. A long time ago, I went through a training course called DEI sales training. A couple of key things I picked up from that. Number one was the goal of your call is to get the person to the next step. That's it. You don't need to sell them. You don't need to become their friend. You need to get them from call one to call two, not call four, call two. And you're not an expert at everything. And those are the two key things I took away and that I took right into recruitment. I love that. I just finished a slide about copywriting for the messaging. And the first tip is to 
make sure that your messaging in these automations is not selling anything. You're not trying to get them to apply with that messaging. You're trying to build a relationship. You're trying to just get them to that next step in the sequence. And the final step of the sequence is, of course, to tag them and put them into your ATS and make sure that you know what level of interest they have in the position. But at the beginning, you're not trying to sell them, like you said. You're just trying to get the candidate to the next step. It's a situation where you practice the fundamentals of recruiting. You know the fundamentals of recruiting and you know and utilize automation in a way that benefits your processes and makes you capable of reaching more people with the right custom messaging. But you do not try to present yourself as anything that you're not. You're not a one-man shop that can just do everything at once with a click of a button. But you have the fundamentals dialed and you practice automation in a practical way that works with your processes. Is that fair to say? Let me tell you why. Because I'm not a technical person. I know tech. I'm not a developer. But I can recruit the same developer that you're recruiting or tech recruiter is is recruiting because I'm not pretending to be an expert. My goal is to identify strong talent whether it's through any number of channels, especially today supported by tech, it's not a very difficult task. Because as a recruiter, my goal is to identify and get that person interested and move them on to the next step. And so what I would say is that a recruiter needs to truly understand their worth to the company and understand that you're not an expert. All you need to do is speak with the candidate, be very upfront. Hey, look, I'm not a developer, but here's what I can tell you. My hiring team is very interested in speaking with you because they've looked at your background and they feel this is going to be a great conversation. Okay, Ryan. Well, thank you so much for the time today. I got more than I bargained for and um, I did expect this to be a great conversation, but we got some value. So I, I hope everybody listening is excited to dig into this automation. But before we let Ryan go, Ryan, why don't you tell everybody A, how to get connected with you personally and B, what to do and how to get connected and how to get involved with a recruiting day. Just Google my name. You'll find me on LinkedIn. Uh, email address, very simple, ryan at recruitingdaily.com. Uh, look, here, here's what I would say you know, for, for anyone listening. If you're interested in recruiting, if you're following recruiting in HR, Recruiting Daily, uh, we ton of resources, a ton of great content. We're publishing every day. We're, we're putting out somewhere between 60 and 80 articles per month and resources and things like that. So uh, if you haven't uh, checked this out, definitely come by, look, you know, subscribe in because we have plenty of events uh, that we, we'd love to get you to and, uh, and meet you in person. All right. Take care, Ryan. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.